Welcome to Sugar We're Going Down Podcasting, a follow-up by podcast where we go track by random ass track until we die. My name is Caitlin, and joining me until we die is Joe. Hello, I am Joe. I am joined by Caitlin. Listeners, I would like to take you <laughs> in a time machine back oh. with me. Back to uh some questionable age in some questionable year, because I don't remember it that well. Uh but <laughs> I was in high school, I was dating somebody, when fucking don't know why, I think, because we never did anything or even really talked that much, but we were friends who were technically dating, and I went with them. <laughs> Whoops to my guys. <laughs> I think we've all been there, uh, <laughs> at least once. Um, I had a boyfriend like that, too. Uh, Same. And it was just like, it was, it was literally just like... Or I'm I'm already off topic. This is a fucking great episode. I I had a a boyfriend once where we were we were friends, but we were the only people we we were the only people we knew who also were gay. So we were like, well, we gotta try it, right? Uh, nothing fucking happened. We played video games together once. Um, yeah. Anyways, this isn't that. This is a little bit later than that. Where I'm I'm dating this person, and uh, I go I I hang out with them and their mom. As we go to a dog park with their dog, whose name also escapes me, unfortunately. Boo. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> but, but the person I was dating uh, gets that ox cord, puts on a song. Oh, just fucking just that meme. Just like, give me that ox cord. And then uh-huh. okay. De- a good decade ago. And <laughs> probably not. I'm probably overestimating it. I'm I was going to say much Joe, younger. You were 12. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm much younger than everyone thinks I am. Um, but alas, I I listen to this song and I'm floored by everything it does. And I I do that thing where I memorize a lyric and I go home and I Google it and I and I do that, young young babe, young last Joe. And I'm like, this ain't fucking Fallout Boy. There's no goddamn way this is Fallout Boy. <laughs> And that song, ladies and gentlemen, and Friends Beyond the Binary, that song was Head First Slide into Cooperstown on a Bad's Bet, which is, in fact, still my favorite Fall Out Boy song uh, to date. Um, so we're in for it this week. That, yeah. That's all, all the intros I never fucking delivered, and I finally got one. <laughs> oh, man. This is going to be an episode. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're we're talking about... Uh, fucking head first slide into Cooper Town on Cooper's Town on a bad bet. Uh, do we want to talk about why it's called that? Uh, we can. It's. I feel like it's tangentially related to the what it's about, but like it's almost just like a sort of adjacent metaphor. Yeah, I mean it's a Pete Wentz ass metaphor. Mm-hmm. Uh, just... Oh, well, it's actually a Pete Rose metaphor. God damn it. <laughs> I'm going to read this fucking thing from genius.com. Please sponsor us. Um, The song name is possibly a reference to the baseball player, Pete Rose, who was known for head first slides. He was accused in a betting scandal for which he'll most likely kept. It just says kept. It doesn't say be kept uh, out of the hall of fame located in Cooperstown. His name was supposed to appear in the song title, but it didn't because the band thought it would cause a lawsuit against them. Uh-huh. However, the song's music video, guest starring Brendan Urie and Spencer Smith, which we're going to fucking get into, mm-hmm. uh, is titled A Weekend at Pete Rose's. Originally, the song was called Does Your Husband Know? That's the deep lore on the, on the long song title. 
Um, and yeah, I think that sort of ref, like, head first slide into Cooperstown at Bad's Bet. Uh, the song's kind of about people cheating on each other, or it's kind of about a relationship in which both people are cheating on someone else. Yeah, or like, or like assumed. It's definitely of, of like, the main, like, quote-unquote character of the song mm-hmm. being a cheater and also trying to convince himself that he's not being cheated on. Yeah, and also the um, the the key repeated lyric of like does your husband know the way? Uh I think is is kind of about that too. Or at least the way it's like sort of paced and I'm I'm also pulling from a quote from Patrick Stump also on genius.com please sponsor us. And uh yeah, we'll we'll get into the lyrics in a bit. I think just that metaphor of like tarnishing some sort of record is probably the the simplest read of using the Pete Rose situation as a metaphor for a song about affairs but uh god damn this song mm-hmm. where do we want where do we want to start i have a m- million notes about how it sounds <laughs> joe it's your favorite song so what do you want to talk about first i don't i don't know all okay let's good. talk about all the music it's good. <laughs> let's music let's go we usually talk about the music first let's talk about the music mm-hmm. man i'm really driving the boat today huh please please <laughs> yeah fucking this song shreds fuck oh god um there's a lot of vocal airing there's it's it's kind of a dense piece there's like subtle horns that come in every now and then um mm-hmm. i like the i like the horns a lot because they do like the little like there's like a lot of juxtaposition that they kind of talk about in the um like in the annotations mm-hmm um, and I like that it goes, it's like in the part where Patrick is talking about the song and like, I do like that it, like it, it bounces back and forth between like absolutely fucking shredding and then being very melancholy and mm-hmm. the, and the horns kind of help bridge that by being like, you know, they have like the little jazzy, like do 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 part. And then, you know, yeah, that's not what it sounds like, but you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. Um, yeah, this, the, it, the first verse has this like, uh, Patrick uh uses the word swagger to describe it in in that quote that we keep referring to from MTV news it is it really is like a, a really easy way to describe like the way it just kind of like it this song this is a reference that you won't get maybe like 10% of our listeners will but it sounds the way like the the pacing of it and the way it like uh bops on like the the beats that it bops on it it sounds a lot like what I would imagine the same energy of Jotaro and Dio walking to each other at the end of part three of Jojo. Just like that, that's an iconic frame or iconic panel from that manga. And I feel like it's, this is that same energy of just like that extremely confident, full of itself, just like strut. The song struts. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Strut is a good word. Like a, like a, mm-hmm. like a peacock ass kind of deal. Yeah, usually we we talk about music and then we talk about lyrics, but I almost feel like there's so many places in this song where they're so intrinsically linked. Like the the second line, well, the, the song starts with Mr. Sandman showing his beam when he walks into the room, the walls lean in to listen. And the production on the the phrase lean in to listen, like all the, like it suddenly there's like multiple different layers of Patrick singing and they all kind of like compress in a way like it it evokes the feeling of something leaning in and like becoming claustrophobic. Yeah. Fucking rules. <laughs> uh, and then uh, later in that verse, Patrick also like dips into his like lower register and it's just like extremely smooth the way he does it. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, re-listening to this, I was like, I was like, this has to be Joe's favorite fucking song because it's oh, all yeah. just Patrick lower register, like completely on his bullshit, which means it's, Joe is going to be completely God. on their bullshit. Everyone is at their absolute fucking best on this track. <laughs> Even Pete. There's a there's a comment down at the bottom of mm-hmm. uh, this page that says, uh, I once heard this song referred to as a grown up version of Grand Theft Auto. And I kind of see it. And I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. I think that those are they're also like the band at their best in both of those two places. So, goddamn. I mean, neither of those places are Infinity on High, but sure. Um. Yes, the thing. Like, I, I <laughs> super fucking love Infinity on High. I, I like. I usually go back and forth between like, oh yeah, Infinity on High. It might just be more cohesive and solid. And then like, I'll listen to this song or something, and I'll just be like, no, <laughs> Follow You Do is just like too much peak my bullshit. Yeah, Folly of You is very Joe bullshit. Mm-hmm. And, and Infinity I, on High is very Caitlyn bullshit. So we're yeah. really just where we need to be. The duality of man. <laughs> uh. <laughs> the two genders. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Yeah, fucking tired, top or bottom, wired, Infinity on High, or, or Folly of You. Yep. Yeah. Which album is the top album? Folly Do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It is. You're right. I uh I have zero hesitation in that. Oh yeah, no, you're correct. Um as much as there's there's a confidence to Infinity on High, but it's kind of like like Infinity a, like on a, High is a power bottom album. Yeah, I, I was gonna use the word bratty. It's kinda of like a bratty sub uh yeah. compared to Folly Do's like just overconfident fucking soft dumb. <laughs> uh this is the content everybody listens to the show for, right? <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and like like they, they fucking complete each other. Like that's like that's that's the like the quintessential fallout boy for me is these two records back to back. Yep. Yep. Anyways, uh the <laughs> So that verse happens, it's got like all these um the guitar tone. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's fucking great. Uh as it switches into what is labeled the pre chorus one, uh it's another guitar kind of comes in or the tone changes. And it just becomes like a little bit crunchier and it just like pushes it a little bit more. Like you can, you can feel that it's building as uh, Patrick delivers the lyrics about the wedding band. And, um, and then it switches into what is labeled the actual chorus where a lot of it drops out and it becomes this like piano piece that Patrick sings. And it's, it's like, it really feels like a fucking Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde, like two different personalities he's delivering. Because he really has that swagger personality on verse one. And then he like, he's very uh, like, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like, ref- he's reflecting on something in the chorus. And you can like, you can feel that shift. And I think it's, it, I think it works a lot with the theme that those are like moments that aren't the whole song. Like they're moments of reflection. And then it goes back into the fucking high energy confidence bullshit. Yeah. Much like a slide. It, it, it'd be slide. Yeah. He slides. He, he slides into the, He be slidey boy. He slides into that lower <laughs> register like fucking nobody's business. It's true. What's uh? Was it Alpha Dog? Alpha Dog does it. He doesn't do it enough. But I remember when we talked about Alpha Dog being like, this isn't the best time he's ever done it, but it is good. Mm-hmm. There, I think there's something different between him using it and the way he fucking slides into it. Like, like it's oh the the fact that he can do that and he does it so rarely is like the biggest possible flex I can think of. Yeah, it's like edging, but for music. It's exactly that. It's exactly <laughs> it's exactly edging, but for music. Thank you. Um, we we're in a mindset today, I guess. We sure are. <laughs> huh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
we yeah i but i I mean like it is right i think it's him ultimately like knowing the full range of his voice and Mm -hmm. absolutely only using it when he like best can which i mean that's not always true because i think the alpha dog stuff was like like a seven out of ten Whereas this feels very much like, and I think it's part of the confidence and the swagger angle. Like he even talks about in that, in that like little interview clip that mm-hmm. like, it is kind of about like embodying the character in the song. Yeah. And I think like using that kind of role play aspect of it to like get into the voice is really cool. And like, I think it makes it really effective. Oh yeah. And like this, the, the way he does it, like he slips through the sentence. It's not like he does it. He goes to it and then he goes back. But, like, the way he does it through a sentence and then snaps back to head like a steel trap and then follows it up with another fuck. Like, the f- first version of this song might just be perfect, like, period. Uh, uh, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about the lyrics a bit more. Um, it's just there's so much interlocked in, um, like, between lyrics and the way they sound in this song, which is also peak me. Yeah, well, I do, like, I don't love every song off of Folly Do, like, obviously from our America Sweetheart episode. Um, yeah, but, and that song's fine for what it is, but it doesn't stand yeah. up under a microscope. But I think this song does because Absolutely. of the way that, like, <laughs> yes, Joe, I know. <laughs> I can't contain it, Caitlin. Hold me back. I can't. You're just swinging loose. Um... <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> no, but I think that this one holds up so well because, like, it is kind of the holy grail of what we've been talking about, where they have this concept that is an interesting thing to think about, but that is ultimately relatively simple. And, like, it's not buried under layers and layers of metaphor or imagery or whatever. It is, it's very much playing, like, with less as more and it does Mm -hmm. it very very effectively and then on top of that it like combines the actual lyrical work with the role play aspect and with the actual music and all of it feels like it's working together so so well and none of Mm -hmm. it feels like how it usually does to a degree where it's kind of you know something is pulling a thread but doesn't belong or Mm -hmm. you know something like that like this song is very very cohesive in what it's doing across the board and I dig that. I, I, I think this is Pete at some of his best in terms of like, what's a, you know, roundabout way of praising something that doesn't feel lost. It doesn't feel like stupid. <laughs> it's just like. Yeah. Well, or even just like too much. Like it's not mm-hmm. overwhelming. It is really like a lean, like mean, ready to go kind of vision of an idea and like not mm-hmm. overdoing it with fucking movie references or like just what if i fucking sensorily like berated you for three minutes yeah and i think like even the pete the pete rose stuff is kind of just there mm-hmm. the mr sandman reference is is like minor and not at like it doesn't feel like like i get what he's talking about even if i don't consciously think about mr sandman bring bring me a, bring me a man whatever bring mr <laughs> sand mr sandman sand me and man make me him the sandiest <laughs> That I've ever manned that. Uh, but, uh. I have to write that down. That's gonna be the tweet for this episode. Oh, God. I Joe, feel like I'm, let I'm me referencing. Run a Twitter. Please. <laughs> Just make one. I won't stop you. Uh. uh I, I, I'm referencing a tweet that is like, or a Tumblr post or something. I didn't come up with repeating the word sand over and over again. Uh, I promise you. But, 
yeah, I think I think a lot of the phrasing in the song like is like it, it really hits that like perfect balance of like poignant and an interesting way to phrase it without being like too much or harder or, or too hard to parse, especially in passing. And I think a lot of that in the song comes from sheer repetition. Like, and I don't think it uh, brings it down in any way that like uh, after the second verse, everything's kind of just repeated. Um, because I, because sonically it builds and it kind of tops itself over and over again in, in the delivery of it as well. But it's a lot of the chorus and pre-chorus repeated. And I think it just kind of like lands a little bit harder each time. Mm-hmm. Cause I know normally we complain that things are just the same thing over and over again, but I, I think it's very well justified in this track. Yeah. Well, and I think that. I feel like what we usually complain about is more of, like, the repetition of theme without, like, growth or nuance. But this is just, like, this is something that, like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I feel like they don't talk. They they have love songs, even though they apparently don't fucking believe they do. (laughs) Um, (laughs) They're always complicated in some way, according to to Pete. And I think on some level, Yeah, welcome to life, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But... I, I think this is nice because, like, I think that the, the repetition within the song itself is super, super warranted and done well. But it's not, mm-hmm. like, the repetition of a theme and especially, like, not one that they've done to death and seem to have no growth whatsoever on. Yeah, absolutely. sure where else like where next to go is it is it is it Uh, time is it time for lyrics i think it's lyrics time yeah it's fucking good uh (laughs) (laughs) uh, of the first verse the only thing um really haven't talked about that i think is super worth pointing out is i just really like the end of that verse we i think we referenced it i don't remember what song we just did where it was like there was a repeated thing that oh it was uh definitely from now on yep so it was literally last week we I talked I referenced like oh yeah there's another song that does repetition really good and then I rolled this immediately uh but at the end <laughs> at the end of the first verse he repeats I wish I wish I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I didn't I don't uh just want to be a footnote in someone else's happiness and I really like one just sonically the way that it works really well for me but also the way that it really conveys this idea of the character convincing themselves like I wish I didn't do this and then just ending it on I don't want that yeah well and i feel like it's a it's a real like it's a very realistic line i guess if you've been in that position because like Mm -hmm. i have because i oh certainly yeah yeah, because i've made some shit decisions haven't we all we make a fallout boy podcast caitlin (laughs) (laughs) you're not wrong 
but yeah, no, I like I feel like there is definitely something to be said for like like I I've always really liked that I don't want to be a footnote in someone else's happiness line. Yeah. I think that's the one that always sticks out to me the most, especially because mm-hmm. I think this is where I feel like it, it gets done so well because like that's a really simple line that's not like ob- obfusc how do you say that word obfuscated in I, I know um, what word you mean. Yeah, I've only ever really seen it written. Um, but like, you know, it's not it's not shrouded in extra imagery or bullshit. It's literally just saying I it's like that I wish I didn't. And then it's like, I don't just want to be a footnote in someone else's happiness. But when yeah. you take that in context of the whole song and the layers of this character is a cheater who's convincing himself that his girlfriend isn't a cheater while while dating a cheater because the, yeah. the wife is cheating with him. And then also he's making the assumption that the, the husband in that situation is also probably fucking around. Like mm-hmm. there's a lot more going on there. And I think it's so yeah. much more effective than some of the stuff that Pete has tried to do otherwise with that yeah. form of uh, layering of uh, themes. Yeah, I feel like it, it does a very good job painting every layer of the thing without, like, I don't feel like I have to do work to get it. Yeah, or, like, to care about it. Like, it's all just yeah. kind of right. And not in a way that's, like, shallow sh- in a shitty way, but, like, it's nice to just have something be laid bare and clean and have it still be intricate. Yeah, like, he still he that. still makes it, like, he still phrases things in, like, uh, in, like sort of poignant and, and uh, not, like, absurd, but just, like, he phrases it in the way he likes to phrase things. It conveys what it's conveying with uh interesting word choice without making it, you know, like I have to do a research paper on a fucking old movie about Amadeus Mozart. <laughs> or the prestige. The prestige. Yeah. There is no fucking it, the fucking the goddamn prestige. <laughs> the prestige thing gets me because it's literally like the word abracadabra already fucking means something, Pete. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole again. Uh, uh, anyways, uh, does your husband know the way that the sunshine gleams from your wedding band? Does he know the way? Does he know of the crickets? That would convince me to call it a night. Which um, the the pairing of does does your husband know the way and does he know the way uh, is is good for just like introducing two separate concepts. Um, mm-hmm. But does your does your uh, husband know the way that the sunshine gleams from your wedding band? For me, it paints a picture of like, does he ever see you as much as I do? Does he, does he pay attention to the details that I have? Uh, and then does he know the way of the crickets that would convince me to call it a night of just like, does does he know what you're what you're doing at late at night when you're with me? Well, and I almost wonder if it's like because I kind of read it as like, a, does he know how he could make this stop? Hmm, that's interesting. Yeah, because like just like the 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 crickets that could convince me to call it a night, I was just like, mm-hmm. and like, does he know the way of that? I was like, oh, like, does he know the way that like he could make this stop, and he's just Man. not because he doesn't give a shit. Now I'm just thinking of the phrase "the way of the crickets," because <laughs> that's really good. Uh- <laughs> but yeah, like you know what I mean? Like I, because just with the framing of it, like being like kind of a paranoid, like. I mm-hmm. assume everyone's cheating because I am thing from that character's perspective. I kind of took it as like, a, okay, well, does he know how he could stop this if he cared, but he doesn't? Yeah, I mean, that's a probably a more interesting read than what I said. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think there is a lot of paranoia built into this character. 
Mm-hmm. Um, also, it's worth saying that this is a this is a song where I have zero hesitation that it's a character and it's written from a point of view of a character. Yeah, I mean, like Patrick is so just like upfront about that that mm-hmm. sonically, it's not just because we've read it. Yeah, it really, but I, it really feels like it's telling a story. Yeah, it's definitely like one of the, if not the most, like definitely one of the more like narrative feeling stories or like narrative feeling songs. Yeah. But yeah, and then uh, the chorus comes in with that piano and it becomes a moment of reflection for the speaker. It's simultaneously confident and also like showing the denial that he's in. It's like, <laughs> I will never end up like him, but behind my back, back I, already, I am. already am. Yeah. Which is ugh, behind my back, I already am, just feels like some of them, like the most compressed fucking sentiment of denial that I can fucking imagine mm-hmm. or think of. Well, and I like that it, it's again like the twofold of like, like, like a person, like, you know, like when you know something you wish you didn't, it's like that, uh-huh. but at the same time, it also is capturing the fact that, like, this dude could be fucking full of shit. Like, this dude could just 100% be projecting onto his partner because he feels shitty, and, like, mm-hmm. it works either way. Absolutely. And I think, like, it's meant to be interpreted as kind of both, because, like, this person is clearly an unreliable narrator. Mm-hmm. It, it, it sells the character well, but it, you know, it, it's always got that fucking patented pete wins magnus that i uh usually i was gonna say usually lands i don't know if that's true that's not true it lands when it lands it lands occasionally uh it lands here Mm -hmm. keep a calendar this way you will always know the last time you came through um and then i super love the oh darling i know what you're going through because it's that's that's kind of just like the thing of like i'm i'm also dealing with the struggle of like i am cheating on someone which like they are both doing mhm uh just got a text from my girlfriend and it's a responsible thing for me to not check it we've talked <laughs> we've talked enough about tops and bottoms in this episode <laughs> but, but, oh she won't stop okay uh so verse 2 <laughs> verse 2 verse 2 does some cool stuff uh verse 2 oh god she won't stop <laughs> Kind of. That's kind of what verse two is about. It is kind of about that. Yeah. Oh. Okay. Okay. So so before I talked about how this song kind of re- repeats it, like does this same stuff again, like first chorus pattern, but like kind of delivers it in a way that builds and uh, it, it continues to be satisfying. The the verse two is a, is a good uh, example of that because like when it does the the get unique line, like the music kind of drops up behind the voice, and that's just a nice touch. Um, and then the the end of it, also verse two is shorter, which I think promotes that motion uh, pretty well, doesn't overstay its welcome. But the it's a sign and then sort of like echoed off, not in the main vocal, it's a sign being repeated back. It it does the repeated lyric over and over again, but it's not the same thing. Um, and it's delivered in not just sonically a different way, but I think it conveys a different emotion of um, like a almost like an intrusive thought rather than telling yourself something. Yep. And then that ends with, it's a sign, what if you peaked early? Which I think, if nothing else, really fucking delivers home on the uh, anxious sentiments of folly ado as a whole <laughs> that we've mm-hmm. talked about. But uh, I think in, in this context, there's a lot of anxiety around like, I don't want to be a footnote in someone else's happiness. I'm going to fuck around and do other stuff that makes me happier. But it just kind of makes the, the, the mental state worse. And uh, that anxiety of what if you peaked or like, what if everything I did was a mistake or what if I'm what if I'm over the hill? Um, I think a lot of that is uh, 
really layered into what this song does. Yeah, well, and I think, too, it ties in nicely to, like, kind of the tropes surrounding, like, who cheats and why. Because, like, that's they're obviously not, you know, definitive and by any means. But I think it does tie well into the idea of, like, people who are feeling anxious like that or, like, trapped or mm-hmm. worried about their attractiveness or their, you know, wherever they are in life do stupid fucked up shit like this sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties in just well to that of, like, you know, it, the anxiety is more about it is about more than just who's cheating on who and we're assuming everybody is. But it's also just like, oh, fuck, what if, you know, everything is all downhill from here, which I think goes nicely with the slide metaphor, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a yeah, there's a lot of layers that like somehow connect super well, even if you don't read into them, you know what the song is saying. But when you do read into it it doesn't it just kind of like confirms it and like helps it solidify there's a there's a part in that patrick stump quote that we keep going back to uh where he says there's this total looking into the mirror and trying to convince yourself of absolute lies kind of thing and people ask all the time oh pete got married how does that affect the record and i think if anything he just wanted to point out how lightly people are taking their marriages no one seems to be worried about what's going on they just want to have things and that's interesting because it's Patrick saying it. So I've, I don't know if that's his own interpretation of the situation to some extent or not. But it's 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 interesting how those anxieties can crop up. And I think this song paints a very interesting portrait of. Yeah. It. Well, and I think this is like probably the best instance, too, that we've seen of the Pete Wentz. I saw something. I have thoughts about it. Let me write about it mm-hmm. because it is like, it is so clearly a narrative that it feels like it really can be observational without like injecting some sort of judgment or like putting himself into an experience that he's not had. Mm-hmm. Um, which works a lot better for me personally. Yeah. I think, I think it lands. Uh, and then lyrically, I think that's, that's it. Like they, uh, the chorus gets repeated, the pre-chorus gets repeated, you know, the, the sonically it builds through the bridge and the outro, and it fucking sounds great, and it pretty smoothly slides into the next track on the record. Follow You Do is a ride that doesn't really stop. Yeah, it is very much like a fucked up amusement park, as they established. And I'm down with it most of the time. Yeah, I think, I really do think that, like, aside from America's Sweethearts, and I don't care, I actually, on my way home from the phone store, was listening I don't care because it came on on the radio because mm-hmm. I was listening to the actual ass radio for the first time in 400 years. And you still get Fallout Boy. You can't escape. I can't. I'm, I, like I said, Joe, like I've been saying, like I've said, I'm never not on brand ever. It and never I, stops. I appreciate that. You are so committed. And I just love I, it. I, yeah, I am fucking. This is just me. There is no, <laughs> there is no no other being but me i don't have an online personality that's not fucking mm-hmm. this um and the world knows it the universe knows it mm-hmm. and it understands and it respects you <laughs> you are valid i have learned to top the universe and now it's <laughs> fucking fallout boy for me which Fuck yeah. yeah what a what a loving relationship oh <laughs> god do we want to talk about the video now sure yeah i learned there was a video today same because it's not called like it's not it doesn't even feel like an official video in any way no 
It's fucking wild. Um, it's called. All right, we're just gonna get into the fucking. Yeah, Caitlin we're describes the music video corner switching now. Switching gears. Um, <laughs> so as as it said in the uh, segment I read earlier, it's called uh, "A Weekend at Pete Rose's," and it starts with Brendan Urie and Spencer Smith, uh, fucking jogging. And yeah, talking about eighties movies. Yeah, they're Brendan Urie is trying to guess Spencer Smith's favorite. 80s movies so the whole thing is just him guessing fucking 80s movies and half of them aren't even 80s movies and then so they're running through california i think and uh they finally get to it's just like a montage of them jogging basically and guessing movies and then they finally get to the beach and they stop and brendan yuri's like oh like where's pete like whatever and he's like and spencer's like oh well he said he was gonna meet us here why don't you call him so then they call and it kind of pans up to like somebody is sitting on the beach in front of them in like a hoodie and it turns out that it's pete and they like start you know poking at him and shit he like falls over and they think he's passed out so like spencer smith is just like looking at the ocean talking about bullshit and brendan yuri's like poking at pete and like listening for his breath and like trying to find a pulse and he just like interrupts spencer to be like dude, I think Pete is dead. And then he's like, what? No, he's not dead. And he goes, he's like, his pulse is right here. And then it's not. And he's like, there. He's like, oh, fuck. So then, Brendan is gonna call 911. And instead, Spencer Smith is like, oh, are you, why don't you call, I can't remember, Joe, do you remember who they say, who he says to call instead? No, it's, It's I think it's some other, some other name that's, in those scenes i i think but yeah and then he's like don't you want over a thousand twitter followers and i was like wow this was a different era when brendan yuri had to give a shit about having a thousand twitter followers yeah god um and then so then they basically decide to fucking weekend at bernie's pete wentz and um it doesn't really seem like for anything that major like they do steal his phone and his wallet and his uh clothing mm-hmm. not all of it but he's wearing like six layers and by the end brendan yuri has taken like his hat his sunglasses his gray hoodie and at least one of his t-shirts and he's wearing mm-hmm. like three t-shirts for some reason yeah it's weird um but yeah it's just like a montage of them like dragging pete wentz's fucking corpse around while they do activities yeah and then, <laughs> and then there's That's a scene it. there's a scene in the middle where they're like oh he's so heavy why are we doing this and then they're like well let's go do one more thing and then we'll get rid of him and so then they they fucking just take him to an amusement park and they just take this corpse on roller coasters and shit and then they bring him back to the beach and brendan yuri steals one more shirt from him and then they just leave his body on the beach and that's the end and then they're still trying to guess the fucking 80s movie and brendan yuri guesses uh jurassic park which is incorrect because it came out in 1993 mm-hmm. some so, some good pull quotes are we're gonna own my space <laughs> Brendan Yuri, when they're complaining about it, says I there's like, oh it's too much dead weight and Brendan's like yeah I agree little people like us shouldn't be doing this oh um, yeah that was funny yeah that's pretty much it I think if I really squinted I could say that at this point in time we have said other things about Pete romanticizing death but I don't even think this is that it's just a joke <laughs> uh, yeah I think it's literally just like them shit posting. It's like, it's not official in any way. Like, it's, I didn't know it existed. It's called A Weekend at Pete Rose's, to tie back in with that metaphor. And, um, I mean, it looks like it was shot by a college freshman. Yeah, like, it's very much, I think, just them being 
fucking like i think it's just pete wentz at brandon yuri and like being like let's do something fucking stupid together yeah. and then doing that yeah we haven't even mentioned that the song is playing like <laughs> yeah oh it is yeah sorry during the during the fucking it starts stops and then starts again yeah during the montage it plays and then like yeah it gets interrupted whenever they like kind of stop to talk mm-hmm. but yeah it's um that's it <laughs> yeah that's that's there's really not a lot going on with it other than that, like it's funny it's yeah it's very much like 2008 funny or 2007 yeah uh, I mean, like, i'm a fan of shit posts so like i'm definitely very into it like this is the kind of this is the old fallout boy humor that i still find funny um they, they still do this it's just now they have a budget <laughs> Well, yeah, and now it's, like, fucking skateboarding videos mm-hmm. and, well, like, with the llamas as opposed to, like, what if we, <laughs> what if we carry <clears throat> Pete's dead body around? Yeah, I mean, we'll talk about Uma Thurman, which I think the video for that is kind of funny. I haven't seen that video. Brendan Urie also in it. This bitch. God. She's just, she's just everywhere. Mm-hmm. They, uh, there's the, the American Beauty era of videos is just like, hey, let's keep making jokes about Patrick's hand getting cut off. And I love every single one. <laughs> Ir- Irresistible also has an incredibly good shit post video. We'll see if I still like it when we get there. But I do think that's it. Like that's that's the video. It's called. Co- yeah, it's it's, it's out yeah. there. It, it out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, no, it's not I always there. wondered what that video titled "A Weekend at Pete Rose's" was in my suggestions box, uh, <laughs> and the, the thumbnail was uh, fucking Brendan and Spencer. So I don't really care. So. Now Where I know. Spencer from? Spencer Smith was in Panic of the Disco. He's not anymore. Okay. I wasn't sure. I was like, I think that's the other Panic dude, but I couldn't tell. I've never really been yeah. super familiar. Yeah. After so. after Pretty Odd, the band split, and I think it was I think it was just Mona Lisa, where it was it was Brendan and Spencer, and then the other two went off to do some other fucking project that I'm sure someone stands. No, they're well. not here. But they're not here. I wish that. F- April 1st was on a Wednesday, and then we could have talked about a Panic at the Disco song. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Next next year, hopefully. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Uh, but I do think that is it for... Oh, the the description of this video misspells Cooperstown. It says, head, head first slide into Coopstown. <laughs> into Coop? Coopstown. Coopstown. Hell yeah. That's where all the chickens live. Mm-hmm. And uh, Cooper from Twin Peaks. Yeah, it's him and many chickens together. He's flown the coop, coop. Kaylin! (laughs) Yes, Joe? (laughs) Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, You can find me on twitter.com at cgn8rs, and from there I have a pinned tweet which will uh, lead you to various and sundry shit that I do that's not... (laughs) Well, this is on there too, but I assume y'all already are familiar, so... Probably, unless this is your first episode, and you're still somehow not familiar with it. Which, a uh, bold choice to just jump mm-hmm. in 22 episodes in. They've got to have figured it out by now. If, if 22 is good, and surely it'll be fine from here. Surely. I'm just saying, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of lore now. That's true. There is deep lore to this podcast. <laughs> Secretly, this has all been one ARG. <laughs> God, I hope not. I would not be able to solve it. <laughs> I did realize. All right, so fun fact. Um, this is this is in the blog, so I can talk about this. We 
did interstitial interstitial season two came out um it did yeah caitlin is on it i am for the episode titles of it we named all of them after different song titles uh and made a playlist of it and when i was uploading uh it's a patreon for giving the patrons all the episodes for for that uh program we i realized oh at some point we're gonna do like head first slide into cooperstown on a bad bat is a episode like a song we chose and mm-hmm. on that playlist and it's there's a title of interstitial titled that uh if you're listening on the public feed uh that's not actually a spoiler because we tweeted the playlist but I, it hit me as i was hitting upload i was like i'm gonna have two podcasts where this is the title of an episode <laughs> <laughs> and then i immediately rolled it and now we're talking about it so yeah I need, to put, I need to finish my Catwoman playlist because I did decide to make an actual playlist and not oh, just yeah. the, the one that I sent y'all. That was uh, IMO very funny. It was um, very funny. It's still funny. But um, I might I might do two. I might tweet that one first and then mm-hmm. do an actual one. But uh, I haven't finished it yet. So <laughs> <laughs> there's oh, like yeah. three songs on there. Uh, it's okay. I just keep adding to, to mine. But yeah, so Interstitial is an, an actual play show. It's vaguely Kingdom Hearts inspired, and as far as season two is con- concerned, it's just because it's crossovers. Um, yeah, with, with stuff. and also like there's the the setup of worlds falling to darkness is kind of it. Yeah, it's it's very extrapolated from the the base uh things that you could pull out of Kingdom Hearts. The first yeah, season, we're dealing... the first season was very Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, we're dealing more in like themes of Kingdom Hearts versus yeah. like. And the, playing with them the meat of it yeah so you can find that uh if you search for interstitial in your podcast app it's also on the same podcast network as this one the orange groves uh you can find the that at theorangegroves.com to check out all the shows in the network and support it if you'd like uh i never said my twitter it is ghost of joe ghost of jo if you'd like to follow me i tweet about uh shit podcasts i do i do a lot of podcasts i should really make a, a lot of podcasts. i should really make a pin tweet one of these days. yeah you um, should but also they're all on the orange groves so well yeah but then you make a pin tweet and you say hi i'm joe here's the orange groves here's the orange groves website here's the twitter here's the patreon that sounds like a lot of work as soon as, as soon Joe, as I, I do, do it. I will do it for you. I will literally do it for you and send you the text. I will send you the hyperlinked oh text God. for you to tweet and then pin. You're so good to me. I'm going to do it right now. I'm going to fucking don't. make No, because here's the thing. Because as soon as I do it, fucking something else will happen and I'll have to add it. I don't feel like doing that right now. Um, especially since I just put out a test pilot to the Orange Groves Patreon. Uh, it's very just gonna be general. It's not gonna be any specific shows. It's all just gonna be fucking tormenting just gonna me. Be, You're tormenting me. It's just gonna all be orange grows. Uh-huh. Just Joe okay. Orange. That's your last name, Joe. Joe orange, orange grows. grows. Yeah, that's what jo- uh, Jory thinks. Orange grows. Jo- orange grows. Uh huh. The orange Joes. <laughs> fucking. My pinned tweet is a link to to the website, but um, yeah. So check that out. Uh, I think that's it. Um, Are there is there an orange emoji? I don't probably i don't know i should think uh, i would know uh, yeah you should know uh i'm only asking because you know what makes every pin tweet better is fucking emojis. is emojis yeah absolutely mm-hmm. um you can tweet about the show with hashtag fob cast uh i didn't think of a pairing but there will be one on the pairing playlist which is every week i pick a non-fallout boy song to compliment or uh contrast the fallout boy song of the week and um I the the last two weeks I've picked hip hop just to make Caitlin listen to hip hop. 
So it, it was. See, they admit it. Y'all mm-hmm. heard it. It's a conspiracy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's, it's a two week running conspiracy, uh, in which I say. I didn't say it was a long conspiracy. Yeah, this Mac Miller song works. Like, that's it. Um, but anyways, yeah, so there'll be something on there. The link to that will be in the show notes. And I, 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 think, I think that's it. Caitlin! Yes, Joe? Is this more than you bargained for yet? This one kind of was, just because I didn't really remember what I was bargaining for. That's fair. We we will see you next week with a different song that I don't remember what it is now, but I'll look it up. All right, see you next week. Bye. Welcome to They Them There's a monthly non-binary discussion podcast. We're here, we're queer, let's talk about it. My name is Joe. And my name is Rain. We're non-binary, and once a month we sit down and we talk about gender. 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 <laughs> we talk about our experiences with gender expression, pronouns, and other parts of the trans and non-binary experience. We also talk about a lot of anime and music that we like and relate to. And our cats. Yeah. You can listen at theorangegroves.com or search They Them Theirs on your podcast app of choice. Until next time, take care and remember, nice gender.